Welcome to the Not Old Yet podcast, where we explore the subject of aging from a fresh new perspective. Each week, you will learn how to look, feel, and be youthful, no matter your age or stage of life. Tune in each episode to hear words of wisdom, stories of hope, and keeping it real advice from your host, Elizabeth Vanderveer. We got a beautiful story. Hey everyone, I'm Elizabeth Vanderbeer, your host of Not Old Yet, and today we're going to talk about fashion and what to wear as we age, and I'm going to give you some opinion most of all. Most of you may know by now that I hate to shop. It's something that I'd really rather have my toenails cut off completely. I'm just not a shopper. I get overwhelmed. I buy too much. I buy the wrong thing. I don't buy it and then I regret it. I think a lot of it just has to do with my indecision and my fluctuating weight over the years. I buy things in sizes that just made sense at the time, but it was transient. And so for those of you that can keep your weight stable your entire life, probably have a a lesser clothing budget than those of us that have many stages of weight. But now my weight is stable and I'm back to my high school weight, literally. And not only have I saved some things from my closet, which I'm glad I did, because some of the fabrics are just amazing, but also I'm really excited to wear some of these things again. They're back in style, or in the case of what I'm going to show you today, I took the tags off in order to wear them, and then I got lots of compliments. So I thought about it and I thought, Gosh, these things have been sitting in my closet for years. I haven't pulled them out. And I wore them and I mixed and matched. And I thought, how did I put it together and how could I advise someone? So as you may know, I'm 53 and the rules change, it seems, as we age. And well, for one thing, I think the rules have changed for everyone, meaning there are fewer rules for all. When we were younger, you couldn't wear white after or before Memorial Day. And open-toed shoes didn't come out until Memorial Day. I mean, these were conventions that we followed. It, now it just seems preposterous that we wouldn't wear sandals before Memorial Day. But I'll be honest, I followed it for years. And those things are all gone now. Another question that I've been thinking about is what is age appropriate? And if you actually look at what's available for people that are mature or overweight, the pickings are really slim and sometimes just not flattering. And so when I look at fashion now, I look at why am I attracted to certain icons? In my case, it's Jane Fonda. I mean, to me, you just can't get better than her look that she has on uh, Frankie and Grace, where she has a lot of tone on tone, a lot of block colors, a lot of long, lean lines. Now she's skinny and gorgeous, but still there's some patterns that I think one should think about when looking at someone like Jane Fonda. 
Lily Tomlin, same thing. She's got a very different style. Clearly, these are sometimes created by the people on the set. But Lily Tomlin wears a lot of patterns. She wears a lot of colors. Jane Fonda tends to be more muted and not wear patterns. Those are styles, and they make a big difference. I have found over the years that patterns are just leaving my closet. Goodwill is getting them, really, because they aren't flattering. Even, and ironically, one of the top patterns in women's wear, I just heard this from a man that's been making clothing for 40 years for women and children. The top pattern is florals for women, and they're bigger than ever. Now, I think florals are great in very small doses. For me, I leave them as an accessory, a scarf, something other than a print on a dress or a, a blouse. I just don't do that anymore. If you're having a special event, sure, that can be great. But I'll tell you, looking back at pictures years later, those big floral prints sometimes don't come off well. And it's hard to get them to come off well in camera. By the same token, really tiny prints can make you look very busy. So beware. Also take into account your body type because that really does matter. Another thing that's really helpful for looking chic, in my opinion, no matter your age, is tone on tone. And we're going to talk about that today and kind of pulling it all together. One thing to be aware of is don't be too matchy-matchy. When I was growing up, we had to match. Oh gosh. Well, first of all, nails and toes had to match. Your purse had to match your shoes. And then that all kind of got blown up when Anthony Hopkins said in that movie about the cheap shoes and uh, purse with Jodie Foster, if anyone remembers that movie, Silence of the Lambs. But you don't have to match your purse and your shoes. You don't have to match your belt and your shoes anymore. For guys, you can pretty much mix it up. One of the trends that's really fun lately is alternating patterns. So the outside of the shirt for a guy might have one pattern and the inside another. Those are cool and they're fashionable. In a couple of years or a decade, they may not still be something that you pull out of your closet, but you can go get some really cool hip things, men and women. But don't follow rules that are from your childhood or your young adult years. They're going to be perceived in the fashion world as old fashioned. And one of the greatest things that we do with our clothes is we date ourselves. And I've been guilty of it too. I used to only have two wardrobes. I'd have professional and I'd have at home. And what I'm going to show you today is kind of the hybrid, but it just literally came out of my closet with tags on. I put it together and it worked. So basically I'm encouraging you to take risks and look through your closet. It's been estimated to me by a professional in the industry that we only wear 20% of our closet. And I think that's very likely. It was for me when she helped me kind of go through my closet and look at what was in there. I was shocked at the number of tags, which you can just go to Goodwill and see how many things are donated with tags on. So we are over-consuming for sure. And what I would encourage you to do, which is what I've started to do because I've decided to put myself on a clothing budget, is when I feel the need to go shopping, I'm headed to my own closet because there's so many things in there that have the tags on. They're still in style. I do shop and get nice garments when I shop. I 
told everyone several times on this podcast that I love Ross. Ross is where I go for all my basics now. Then I use boutiques, specialty boutiques for accessories and other things that I wear to complement. And those are more impulse buys that I make while on vacation, while shopping for not clothes, but just happen upon a boutique, things like that. But those are unplanned. They're very budgeted because I don't have an unlimited budget for the crazy spends. And they tend to be memorable items. Like last time I was in Las Vegas, I shopped and bought a really beautiful crochet top that goes over another top. Now I kind of regret it because it looked great in Las Vegas, but it's not really what I'm going to wear here in LA right now. So, you know, impulse buys are impulse buys. But when you know that you need the basics, head out with a list and make sure that you get the basics. So what I'm going to show right now is both a combination of basics, and I've altered them, and impulse buys. And I'll tell you exactly what I spent. And you should know that I'm a very thrifty shopper. I don't believe in breaking the bank. I used to spend a lot of money on clothing. When I was lecturing internationally on the aesthetic circuit, I would buy St. John suits. I would buy you know, outrageous stuff. But that's just not my life now. I live in Los Angeles currently and it's a different vibe. You don't need that buttoned up look anymore. So professional here, which I'll show you on another podcast, is also very different. So you have to take into account your age and stage of life, obviously your budget, but you don't have to break the budget. I'll show you how. And also where you live. Obviously climate is important. A lot of what I wear wouldn't be appropriate in other parts of the country. I happen to live in a temperate climate year-round, pretty much. And finally, take some risks. You don't have to go crazy on the price points, but do something a little out of your comfort zone. Get a different pair of shoes. Shoes are another area, ladies and gentlemen. I have met a couple of women that will literally judge their men on whether or not they will even talk to them by looking down at their shoes. So I would say shoes do matter. Shoes tell you a lot. Like if someone will never wear sandals or show their feet in public, which I've had in a relationship, that's weird. Not crazy weird. It's just unusual. <laughs> but shoes really, really can pull things together. They can pull things off. If you're hobbling around and you really can't be comfortable in those shoes, get rid of them. It's more about the tempo of your step, your attitude, and how you carry yourself. And then if you see someone that you really like their look, remember it or try to write it down what it is. I don't think you should photograph them. That would be weird. But study what makes them a stunning person, man or woman. We all know it when we see it, the person that's got the swagger, if you will. They've got the clothes that are appropriate. Obviously, if you're going to the beach, dress for the beach. If you're going to the symphony, dress for the symphony. I will digress for a minute and say, it's a little disheartening to see how people show up for events nowadays. I'm not trying to be elitist, but you could take the shorts off before you go to the symphony, and you could put on closed-toe shoes or tennis shoes at least. I don't know. Just seems a little odd to me when you have people in black tie and you have people in beach wear at 
cultural events? I don't know. I don't have the answer. I just have the questions. So let's talk about this outfit that I just pulled out of my closet. As I said, most of the things had tags on them and I pulled it together and I thought, oh boy, Elizabeth, is this going to fly or not? But I thought I'd share with you my reasoning. And then as I shared earlier, I did get lots of compliments on it. I'm 53 years old, so it's not a conventional 53-year-old outfit. But I'll be honest, the woman that I know that rocks the mini skirt the best, I think she's 67 now. She's got a rocking body. Of course, she works her butt off for it. She's in the gym, I think, every single day. And she's thin, takes care of herself. And she shops at places like Zara, Forever 21. Here's a 67-year-old shopping at Forever 21. It's a great shop. You can get lots of great stuff. There is a cost to it, which we will talk on another segment, the cost of fast fashion. The cost of fast fashion is amazing, and it's not good. So the price that we pay to have a garment ready from runway to the actual shelf or the rack in the store. In order to get that timeline super short, which Zara has done down, I think, to two or three weeks from the time that it shows on the runway to the time that you can purchase that garment for a very nominal price at Zara, there's a price and it's enormous to the environment and it's enormous to the companies because they have to produce two to three times the number of garments that we will need, and they end up in landfill. It's because with that short of a window, they can't project sizing, color preferences. They don't know who's going to buy what, so they produce it all. And this leads to one to two more of every single garment that is purchased ending up in the landfill massive, massive problem that some of the biggest companies in the world and the brightest minds in the world are working on. So consider that when you consider where you shop. And Zara is not the only one. They just have been a market leader in getting fashion to the consumer at record paces. But we all know that there's a price when you're paying the lowest possible price. There's a price to the environment. There's a price to the company. And now that shortened lead time to getting what you want also has a price. So my clothes have come from numerous places. I'll try to remember to tell you where they came from if it's relevant. And then just share with you kind of my philosophy and how I picked what I picked up in my closet. So the first thing is the top and it's an over top with, I think you call these dolman sleeves and they're three quarters, which I love. So, you know, they don't drag in your food and when you're working they don't get on your pencil and you get all the dirt so that's not happening which I love it's got this nice little collar and then it's not very long so I'm going to back up here it just goes down to the waistline and then I have a four dollar tank top because I had to go to Walmart for something else and I saw it and I was like oh I need one of those so that's still how the tags on I think it was $4.44. And then I put it together with a pair of old jeans that now are too big, but they feel really good. I cut off the bottom because they were too long. And then I rolled them up. So they're back in my circulation, even though I've lost a lot of weight. And then finally, I have guest leather bottoms or uh, shoes 
and I have little white socks. So the jeans came from Nordstrom 10 years ago, not your daughter jeans. And thank God I kept them because I hate buying jeans. Anyways, top came from my uh, hairdresser, $9.99, I think you put on that. And then my $4 tank top and my guest shoes that I wear all the time. So putting it all together, it looks pretty cute and sassy, I guess, which I'm happy about. I only have two colors. I have tone on tone white, and the undergarment is whiter than the top garment, but it doesn't seem to matter. And then blue in the jeans, and then white on the shoes and socks again. So I think what pulls it all together is that there isn't a lot of pattern. There's tone on tone. It's blocked, and it makes sense. And it all kind of fits into the casual, flirty, running around town mindset here in LA. Clearly, this wouldn't work if it's 20 degrees out. It would work in Miami, Dallas, whatever. This is a polyester and it is hot. It got, finally got hot here in California the other day. We've had a crazy year. Literally, we're out of a drought. And today I'm dealing with June gloom again. I've never seen anything like this. This is my first year in LA. And I never know if I need a jacket. It's been raining here. So long story short, let's review. So age appropriate, I think, is a a term that we can get rid of. There is no rules. There are no rules anymore. You can wear white before Memorial Day. You can mix and match. I would advise that you don't buy every single item in a color-coordinated collection. I think it can look really matchy-matchy and date you and take a few pieces. And I would encourage you to take the solids of the collections that come out. And then if you want one blouse or one shirt for a guy with a paisley or a floral pattern, add that in carefully or even add it in and then add a contrasting color or pattern in a scarf. So you have a little interest. So it looks like you thought about it beyond just what the manufacturer put together for you on the rack. Does that make sense? Do yourself a little favor. Go to Pinterest, go to Google, go uh, Facebook. There's so many places that you can go for inspiration. Me, I go to television and other things. So like I said, Jane Fonda is just it for me as far as looking for someone who sets a fashion standard and just looks incredible. Remember not too matchy-matchy, purse, shoes, belts, things like that. Those do not have to be all the same color. I remember, oh gosh, 30 years ago, you know, my husband had to have a cordovan belt and then matching shoes or black and black, brown and brown. It didn't matter. It was the norm. It probably still is for some attorneys and buttoned up bankers. I mean, that's all. We're not talking about that kind of dressing right now. We're talking about the transitional errands dressing and the space between work profession and home, home casual, where you feel like you can you know, put on your slippers and your sweats and you, you're really comfortable. I've always struggled with this transitory 
or transition type of clothing. I've always struggled with this transition type of clothing. It's always been very hard for me. I think partially because this is where styles really can change quickly, but also because of my weight. My weight was up and down and all over the place over the years, obviously pregnancy and then stress and then illness. It doesn't matter. Weight changes. And I'm going to give you one final word on sizing. I was wearing an outfit yesterday. I had to go to a meeting in Beverly Hills. My pants were size four. My top was an extra large and my jacket was a 10. What do you do with that? And I know this for a fact from industry people that the sizes mean nothing. And it used to be some of the more expensive clothing lines would inflate the sizes or the size, but they decrease the numbers. So if you're going to spend $600 on a skirt, you probably want it to be a really small size or make you feel really good. But now that's not the case. Now there is no sizing. So when I think, when I mean there's no sizing, I mean there's no standard anymore between manufacturers. As our number of manufacturers and places around the globe have skyrocketed, what's happened is sizing of a garment means nothing because there's no consistency. So what one person calls a 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, isn't what someone else considers a 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16. So when you go out to shop and you're going to go away from your home base, let's just pretend your home base is Nordstrom or Walmart. You know exactly where to go in that store to get your size and your predictable fit, usually. Now, occasionally there will be a one-off manufacturer that comes in and you're trying on the same medium that you always choose for anybody. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, it's huge or it's tight. And it just totally annoys you because you can't just pull something off the rack size X and have it work for you. The other major problem is we know that our uh, country is expanding in size and the manufacturers are not keeping up with sizing. As a small person, it is actually really hard to find sizing in my size now. They're usually not manufactured as plentifully and they go quickly. So if I'm not catching sizing early in the run of that product or that clothing, I'm not able to find it. But at the other end as well, there's the same exact problem. Designers are tapping out at 16, 18, and our country is going up to 30, 36, etc. And there are phenomenal designers working on this problem and working to bring appropriate sizes to the people. But it can be challenging to find your size. And this is more of a global issue that needs to be tackled by the clothing industry, the fashion industry, because we're just not seeing the range of sizes that we need. Finally, don't let the sizes rule your life. I can't tell you how many decades I spent feeling badly about myself if I couldn't fit into a certain size. And now if you think about it, If you know it's all just a bunch of BS and that there is no sizing convention, don't let that size on that garment 
cause you to be distressed about your day. I mean, it used to affect me to the point that I wouldn't even want to go out of the house if I couldn't wear the size that I wanted and that I felt like, or if I got on the scale and it didn't match how I felt about myself and I was discouraged. So part of looking good in your clothes is having the confidence that you look good in them. Now, I'm not suggesting that you squeeze yourself into a size like a sausage if it doesn't fit. And, you know, you really got to, you need to look at yourself 360. And ideally, you would even have someone let you know, how does it look? But you know what? Nowadays, we have a phone. Snap a photo of yourself in a full-length mirror and see what you think. And final word is back to shoes, because shoes can really date you. There are numerous companies that make shoes for older people. Now, all I have to do is look at a pair of rock ports and I think aged. There's many other choices that are much more fashionable and there's many ways to wear flats and still look hip, okay? So part of looking young is an attitude but you got to pull it off with the look. So you got to know the right places to go. I welcome your input where you like to shop. I do like to promote national brands so that our listeners and viewers can go and partake of that company. But really feel free to send in your photos of what you wear when. I think we can inspire each other and give tips and tricks for dressing for your age. And When I say dressing for your age, I mean the age that you feel, not the age that the birthday book says. So thank you for joining me and learning a little bit about dressing for your age. I welcome your feedback and look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks. 